0: Hello, my name is Dan Hennon Today is October tenth, twenty eighteen, and I'm going to be providing an update for the Crowley case updates. Tonight's episode: the case of the missing will. Catherine Kate Crowley, born nineteen sixty four, died in twenty fifteen. Kate Crowley was David Crowley's mother. Uh, was Kamel Crowley's mother-in-law, and Rani. Crowley's grandmother so uh, so David and his, and his sister Allison and his brother Dan jr. Um, grew up with their uh, with their mom Kate and their dad Dan senior they got divorced in the year 2000 and I believe it was 2005 here's the Kate's obituary that was posted after she died She was healthy, had two jobs and was in good, good condition. They say that um, she simply died. There was no real explanation to it. And to the left here is a family photo taken in August 2014 at Ranny's birthday party there at the Crowley residence. And so that's one year. One year later is when she was found dead in her home, um, unresponsive in her back backyard. For those who don't recall, we have a lot of new members in the group. For those who don't recall, uh, Kate Crowley lived uh, in Owatonna, Minnesota. Um, her ex-husband Dan Sr. also lived in that same city and that is about I think about a 40, 35 to 40 minute drive away from Apple Valley where the Crowley residence was, um, where the three bodies were found. Uh, dead. And so that was January of 2015. Now, this is only less than seven months later. Uh, The police report here in the local paper for Owatonna stated on August 9th, a death investigation for police. At midnight, officers responded to a death investigation report on Lancer Lane Northeast. So this is right at midnight, officers responded. On the 9th um, she was found unresponsive um, and already basically, already dead, slumped over a chair, uh, sitting in a chair next to a table on this back patio. And so so she died on August 8th that evening. Um, a, well, a welfare check was done, I believe, by her boyfriend, who uh, hadn't received any phone calls um, earlier that night, hadn't heard from her. He did a welfare check, showed up, and then um, saw the body called police. So this was uh, after the midnight hour of August 9th, and the early morning hours of August 9th, 2015. So we've got David Comel Raniel dead, bodies found January of 2015. The police reports come out, and the significance of this case is that the police reports came out and everyone bought into and and went along with the official story that David um, killed his wife, his six uh, six-year-old or five-year-old daughter, and then himself in a um, after after being despondent and in a in a case of depression and whatnot, and then he did all this. Now the police reports, the only mention of the ninety-four page police reports of anyone doubting the story was David's mother, Kate. She's the only one who said, I didn't believe this could happen this way unless they were either both in on it or they had some kind of an agreement or something, but this is not something David would do. That's why there's been so much scrutiny on the, on the strange, suspicious death of Kate Crowley. And so um, we'll be getting into that uh, more here. So there's the back patio of her home um, where the body was, was found in Owatonna, Minnesota. In looking into the estate and what would happen to the estate, uh, there was questions and, and concerns as far as the benefit, the motive. If this was uh, not just an accidental death, who would have been behind it? And so, in looking for this, we see the uh, court documents for the estate of Catherine Crowley deceased. We see the petitioner is Daniel J. Crowley. Um, that is the the, the uh, David's brother D J. This is Daniel J. And so he was the one who filed the paperwork to get the ball rolling on the on the estate, he used a, an attorney named Gregory C. Olson that he retained um, for this. And what we see on August 19th of 2015, the highlighted in the yellow, is a statement of content, either lost, destroyed, or unavailable will, document ID number four. And that kind of perked up our interest there as, as far as the will being only 51 years old uh, folks were wondering if she had a will uh, if, if she did if she didn't did she have money was there any sort of reason to have her uh, anyone to have her dead and so when we saw this this was fairly interesting as far as the will destroyed or, unav- or unavailable or lost and what we get here now just this week uh, an individual a citizen investigator uh, found this information and and provided it to me here the following the first thing is here this document uh to the above named court the undersigned allison crowley respectfully states uh, she's this she's the daughter a surviving daughter so kate is, is has died She was divorced, not remarried, and so the only remaining members left of the family is her son, DJ, and her daughter, Allison. Allison here, in this paperwork, she's living in Chicago at the time. She's basically, if you look at number four there, um, she renounces any right to the appointment as to the personal representative, and hereby nominates her brother, Daniel J, as the personal representative of the above-named estate. So really, she's signing away her rights here on on august 14th um, to say that you know what i want my brother to 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 be in charge i want my brother to take over this um and that was on the 14th so this explains if we go back here a page why daniel Crowley is the one doing the petitioning um that that question was raised why was he first to uh, inquire about her estate but it really wasn't it was allison did the paperwork signing it over to daniel j so Dan Jr. now on the 19th goes and begins his course of business, um, prepping the estate here for his, his, um, his late mother. So she signed it away. We've got this. Um, the next form here is paperwork also filed on August 19th um, in the third district court. So if you look at the top right in, um, in the middle right, all uppercase, it says statement of contents of lost or otherwise unavailable will for for a deceased person. And so it says here, the undersigned states to the above named court that the original last will and testament of the above named decedent is unavailable because it is lost, and that the will contained the following, uh, the residue of the state uh, as follows to my spouse, number one, if my spouse survives me. Now, um, Kate's not married, she's uh, divorced, uh, in 2005 number two is if my spouse does not survive me then I devise and said residue to be divided into equal shares and distributed to my children and so the really they couldn't find the will they looked for it uh, and couldn't find the will but um, whoever it was that that went basically says we don't have it but here's what it's stated and, and so take that how you wish but um, whatever she had it uh, the, the final funds going into is, it says now it's going to be divided to equal shares. So really, Allison and Dan Jr. would get um, all the remaining um, assets. She, was, she did not have lots of uh, money. Um, she was not wealthy by, by any stretch of the imagination. She did have uh, debts and bills, bills to pay, but there still was excess carryover um, that was left and that was then re, uh, you know, divvied up between Allison and Dan Jr. and if you read here on this next page it's very interesting there's, there's four things i want to cover the first three items number one daniel t crowley this is the former spouse of the decedent uh, it says here on number one that he went through uh the the decedent's legal documents and records after her death and was unable to locate the original of the will after conducting a thorough and exhausted search so so it looks like he was able to go into Uh, her records and and her personal belongings to look for it and says that he could, he was unable to locate it, Um, a hard copy of the will. Um, Number two, they contacted the attorney's office responsible for the drafting of the will. The will was prepared at the office of Gregory C. Olson of Patton, Hoverston, and Berg, PA, who verified that the original will was not contained in the client's file which was on record there so this let's reiterate here item number two they couldn't find the original will which means that at one point kate crowley had a will she went so far as to have an attorney uh, gregory olson here who was also representing dan jr in the estate Uh, she at one point had must have gone to him to have a will prepared and so now the ex-husband couldn't find it the lawyer couldn't find it and the number three inquiries were made within the family as to whether or not anyone had knowledge of a new will being executed since the old will dated march 13 2006 and it says here a thorough and exhaustive search was made for the will shortly after the death and there was no information as to any such will being found. So let's go back. They were divorced in 2005. Kate Crowley had a will done with the help of Gregory C. Olson on March 13th of 2006. So right away, a young divorced mother of three goes and gets a will done um, at an attorney's office at Patton, Hoverston, and Berg. Now, the will goes missing in between time. So they don't know if there was an updated will, a new version, anything of the sort. But a thorough and ex- exhaustive search of the home, item number one, couldn't be found. Item number two at the law office, office they couldn't be found. And number three, the remaining people of the family, the the, the the remaining family members could not or did not know or was even aware of a will. So this gets to the title of the broadcast, the mystery the the case of the missing will we had been under the assumption here looking into the investigation uh, of the Crowley case and, and and subsequently the Kate Crowley case that we didn't think there was a will we just thought that she, she died she, she was young and nothing nothing came of it uh it did perk up our ears as there was a strange Um, the secretness of the death as far as uh, family members even found out uh, of Kate's passing on our Facebook page for the Crowley case because um, there was very secretive the way that was handled and that information was disseminated and so now we find out that there was indeed a will in fact way back in 2006 now the strange thing for me here um, is that not only could they find the will, the hard copy will, but they went to the attorney's office and could not find the will. So, hopefully, on this on this video here, in the in the comments section below, uh, those of you who are attorneys and whatnot, you know, feel free to make a comment. Is that common? or Aren't they required to keep the copy of the will uh, there of their clients um, on site? Um, so let's try to clarify that so anyway Gregory Olson could not find it the last page of this information here that was forwarded to me by an uh, citizen investigator was this uh, state of Minnesota Steele County which is Owatonna is uh, Daniel J. Crowley uh, declaring um, states under oath that the representation in the foregoing statement is true uh, as far as he knows and that such a statement is true and complete to the best of his knowledge he's signed off in fact it's notary uh, a notary signature then a stamp uh, besides and at the very bottom you see it's uh, Gregory Olson Patton Hopperston and Berg so he signs off it's good to go this is August 19th of 2015 she dies the eighth they find the body on the ninth and um, here we go 19 days later everything's kind of uh, gone through and in 10 days, they can't come up with anything. And so they give the uh, remaining assets to equally between Allison and Dan, Jr. So I began to look into the background of this Gregory Olson. Uh, his name has come up a couple of times here. He does work here. It looks like for Patton, Hoberson and Berg PA. This is the website. It does show the profiles of their lawyers and their attorneys on staff. And um, they've got several locations and here is mr. Greg Wilson um, so he's handling he, he was uh, I, I guess a family lawyer on the on the Kate Crowley <coughs> side and then uh, did the will and then when um, Dan jr. went to go get the claim um, with Allison as well uh, they also worked with Greg Um so they went to the offices of Patton Hopperson and Berg now if I go to LinkedIn and pull up Patterson, Haverson and Berg. I see that there's 17 employees on LinkedIn. So a small, rather small office, uh, some paralegals, um, uh, some attorneys. And I don't see Mr. Gregory Greg Olson's name there uh, mentioned. And so there is a page two. here's the second list of uh, employees there at the firm on LinkedIn. I don't see a Gregory Olson there at all now if I go and do an actual search on LinkedIn for Gregory Olson his name does come up as just Greg Olson um, and it looks like he's not linked to the his actual em- employer for Patton and um, for the full name but he's got listed here just PH and b law offices now, I find it strange he only has three connections not connected to the firm only three connections um usually attorneys have um very well connected with um, with what what it is they're doing so go back to the page and certainly enough uh even though he's not listed there on linkedin he certainly is a member there's his picture again with the rest of the team so gregory c olson does in fact work there just may not be too too uh too involved in in linkedin to to keep his information up to speed but um, that is something different all right his background and his profile shows his various bar admin admissions and his certifications he's been around for a while here first getting admitted to the the bar in 1978 so he's been around for a while and has been an attorney lawyer for for many years. Um, That also could explain the LinkedIn, the lack of information on the LinkedIn um, site uh, as as many, many younger folks keep that page up to date. Um, Older folks uh, do not have that much interest in that. So that could explain that. His education was um, University of Minnesota, Bachelor of Arts in 73, then got a master's degree in 81, and then got his law degree from hamlin in 1977 so he's been around for a while now what i was interested in here for you know thinking of 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 how someone could lose the the will here i wanted to see what his background was where did uh, mr greg uh, olson work in the past it shows currently that he's an attorney at patton and we see that that is correct that makes sense he's been there since 2007 and then attorney law offices of Gregory C Olson from 78 to 2007 so for many years looks like he ran his own law firm uh, single practice uh, there by himself right out of right after getting his degree so it doesn't appear that he worked anywhere uh, uh, get, got his degree and started his own law practice and then isn't uh, listed as an adjunct professor at the University of T- St. Thomas since 1984 to present. That's pretty pretty good university here in the Twin Cities area. So I began to do some research looking up here um, with the Secretary of State uh, Office of Minnesota Secretary of State. I couldn't find any business record searches for law offices of Gregory Olson. Um, I did a search for um, uh, active statuses inactive statuses and contains the name Gregory C Olson or the word phrase law offices of Gregory C Olson and as you see there at the bottom no results match so he may have just been running his own business and never never filed or never set it up or never you know registered his business Uh, so I thought well let's go to the st. Thomas website And St. Thomas, here at University of St. Thomas, here's the actual website uh, of their adjunct faculty. So you can go right there to the website and um, anyone can scroll down the list of adjunct professors that they've got and can see how many people are currently on staff. It's listed in alphabetical order. Let me click this here, try to scroll down there we go a lot of adjunct professors listed alphabetical at the University of St. Thomas many many listed from A all the way through last name will I don't see a Gregory Olson listed at all Been there since 1984 adjunct professor so that's about 30 34 years at the at the university and so here it is alphabetical let's go to the letter O I see a Brett Olender. I don't see an Greg Olson at all Gregory Olson so maybe they just forgot to list his name on their website Pretty, um, pretty prestigious school there. looks like they've got all these up to date. Um, can't imagine they would have forgot about Mr. Greg Olson, but, but perhaps they did. But he's been there for uh, 34 years. Now, the other thing is the profile may not be updated with his current um, employer. So maybe he no longer is an adjunct professor. And I had thought about that as well. I did a, a Google search relating to St. Thomas University uh, the phrase adjunct professor and the name Gregory C Olson on Google and in fact nothing came up so nothing came up at all as if he ever worked there or was ever an adjunct professor at all so I'm beginning to question mr. mr. Olson's background um so I've got a uh, premium account here at the white pages Uh, looked him up looked up his background a couple things came up that were that were strange not out of the ordinary but I just consider them uh, strange Uh, I've got a speeding ticket here 65 and a 55 by mr. Gregory Olson that was just this January it looks like And then we go to the next page. We've got a charge one of a DWI back in 97, charge two of a second DWI. Uh, this was less than a year later his second one and if you look at the highlighted mention there uh, September 1st of 98 pulled over by the Minnesota State Patrol in Rochester with a .20 gross misdemeanor and um, I'm assuming on that first case he would have been under a one or two year probation after the first uh, DWI. So this would have been a violation of, his, uh, of uh, with the second DWI. And that's why they listed it up here as a gross misdemeanor. The first one looks like, if you look under the disposition, it says dismissed. A DWI dismissed back in 97, then one within the year that's convicted, they jack it up to a gross misdemeanor. And that two dash, uh, that's, a, that's two within a five year period And then charge number three is a failure to display ATV registration tags. Uh, That looks to be probably a four-wheeler or some kind of all-terrain vehicle. So some trouble with the law, not big. And that took place in the year 2000. And last of all, we see here on the same background report, a bankruptcy charge from Mr. Gregory Olson. So it looks like in 2012, Greg Olson filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy charges. And so strange goings-ons here with this case Uh, and once again whether it's whether it's the whether it's the Crowley case uh, from Apple Valley that the triple murder homicide triple murder case uh, that we've been looking into or the Kate Crowley strange suspicious mysterious death now we find out that uh, she did in fact have a will and that will was done at an attorney's office Saved and signed, and now it's uh, surprisingly went missing. And um, so it's just one more strange, odd, uh, coincidental thing relating to this case. Uh, once again, please leave your comments below here uh, with any um, suggestions you have, or if you were an attorney or with an attorney background, uh, clarify some of this stuff uh, for the rest of us here. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Ross from Planet X Filmworks channel on YouTube and the Zodiac Files True Crime series. Check it out and shout out to Greg and the Grey Stage channel. Their content is amazing. Interested in the paranormal, murder mysteries, cryptocurrency, and thought-provoking interviews. Then check out Crypt Ricks I've Been Thinking on YouTube. Or every Monday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Studio A at Revolution Radio FreedomSlips.com. Welcome to the Crypt. Hi, this is Sophia from the Gray Stage Podcast. I'd like for all of you to know that the Justice for David Crowley and Family Group is located on Facebook. In this group, we highly encourage our members to read all the documents that we have gathered for this case. You can find those documents up in the group files or on Greg Fernandez Jr.'s website titled thegraystagewordpress.com. Together, we can work to find justice for David, Kamel, and little Ronnie. Merry Christmas.